This is the Formosan Business Support Podcast Show. We help you do business, projects, investments from and to Ila Formosa, also known as Taiwan. In 2019, we shift our focus on renewable energy and electric mobility. Don't miss your chance in the Asia-Pacific business. Hello everybody, I guess the Western world is getting ready for Christmas and New Year's Eve, so in case I don't manage to post, uh, publish another podcast in time, so I wish you already Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's been a while since I made a podcast, I, yeah, time is a big factor, but I was also struggling with myself if I should continue or not. Um, what I mean is, in, in Taiwan we have currently one offshore wind farm demonstration project called Formosa 1 Phase 2, which are 22 wind turbines. Um, construction is already finished in time. And the strange thing is, the parties involved don't want people to talk about it or mention it or um, even the companies directly walking on it they may not take pictures even if it's just two kilometers from shore and publish it and uh, to me it's like censorship it's I mean two kilometers from shore there's a, a harbor port in front of it with fish restaurants a beach people surfing swimming uh, taking the dog for a walk and it's uh, just two kilometers from shore. It's like, I don't know, it's like uh, you're in New York, you may not talk about the Statue of Liberty. It doesn't exist. Or you're in Toronto and there's no CN Tower. It's uh, strange to me and I, I don't see any reason why I just should follow corporate wishes. And if you don't believe me, I um, here's a lady from Orsted walking, uh, walking there and she approached me not to publish anything. I yep, let, uh, let uh, show it to you just now. Hi. I'm just wondering that if I have, can have your business card, you have just look at your sure. Thank you. Ah, oh, it's Chinese. Oh, Chinese. Thank you. Thank you. speak Chinese too? No. I'm what I do is I like each wind farm has about 1,000 suppliers yeah. in different tiers. So what I do is I bring in the first, the second, and the third tier to Taiwan and help them to localize, to work together with local companies and get legalized. So I, I personally don't know her much, and I tried to joke around a little bit. I thought it would calm her, or 
would engage us in a deeper discussion, but it was simply not possible, and she didn't want to give me her business card. It's a yeah, the typical game since yeah, I met Dong Energy first day. But as I said, I have nothing personal against Dong Energy or Orsted. Actually, I I don't think I ever will have business with them. But uh, the people working there, particularly the European people, are quite respectable. And that's why uh, I want to share with you a public presentation by Olaf. And uh, I don't know why it should be copyright protected. I talked to two, my two companies' lawyers, and they say it's a, I'm under protection by the Constitution for freedom of speech. Uh, besides that, it's quite interesting to listen to the point of view uh, by Orsted about the experiences of Formosa one phase two, and I think anybody in the industry has the right to, to know it. And it's public domain and and it's quite valuable for future projects to, to have something to work on. And anyway, in Asia there is no real NDA. So I, I, I know a lot what happened and I, I keep my mouth shut. I just use this data for future projects to not to repeat the same mistakes. Let's just say the European model of management doesn't work here and the Taiwanese model doesn't work either. So you have to invent, reinvent a complete new management system. And yeah, but let's listen what uh, Olaf had to say. Quite interesting. Worth listening. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much, and thank you for coming uh, to uh, the Arsenal booth. I would like to introduce myself first. Uh, my name is Ulrich Lange. Uh, I've been in Taiwan for the last two years, and uh, from an Arsenal point of view, headed up the uh, Almost One project as a project director. And uh, after this project, which we have now completed, uh, I'm going to be heading up the um, Greatest number one and two A also. So um, Feedback 
from our operation teams into the development phase and also into the uh, execution phase. This uh, model has been used for a lot of projects. So what you see here is an overview of our track record. We have now built up a very strong track record of uh, 25 years of experience. We have 25 also wind farms in operation. We are currently building four also wind farms beyond the Formosa One project and another small demonstration project in the US. Our main part of the projects is based in Europe. As you can see here, we have projects under development in execution, also in operation. But we have also built up a significant pipeline in the US. As well, we have now built up a pipeline in Taiwan also. Here in Taiwan, we have the Formosa One projects, which I'm coming back to, and then our Greater Shanghai projects, one, two, three, and four. So if you look at the total part, we have 5.6 gigawatt project, and we have 1,150 turbines in our fleet of operation. And very important also, we have 23 partnerships for our wind farms. Which you can see here, we are engaged with a lot of partners in our wind farms, both in development, in execution, and also in operation. On the left side, you can see the overview of uh, our European partnerships in the United Kingdom, Denmark, and also in Germany. A lot of different uh, partners. As you can see also, we have teamed up with partners in the U.S. to build uh, and construct uh, our pipeline of projects in the U.S. And last but not least, in Taiwan, we have our first partnership, a partnership uh, in the KV, with a local developer, Swampcore, and a Australian bank, Macquarie, and also a Japanese uh, investor, Jera. And that is our first partnership, and uh, that is also the first wind farm we have now built. Uh, installed the last turbine last week, so it's the first also wind farm uh, that will be in operation here in Taiwan. So by by adding this into a model with our experience, we entered into the project between the phase one and phase two of uh, the Formosa One project, and uh, we took a internal de uh, financial investment decision in April 2018, and we have project financing projects in June 2018. And by transferring knowledge and capital together with our partners, we have now developed the proposal one phase two also. So with a total of 128 available. And we expect to have our COP by end of the year. And then the short overview of the Formosa One project. It's uh, divided into two phases. Uh, it's, from the, it's located in the Chunam town, Yuri County. It's a near shore project, only two to six kilometers from shore. We have a water depth between 15 and 32 meters. And then we have two different turbine configurations. For the phase one, it's two meter turbines, four megawatt each. And for the phase two, it's a six megawatt turbine. The foundation structure is based on a motor pile with a gravity connection to the transition piece. 
and then for the offshore interconnection, we don't have an offshore substation in this project due to the nearshore project. So we only have interrail cables between the turbines, and then we have four export cables, four strings leading into the onshore substation into the early coming. Phase one, we have COD in April 2017, and as I stated before, we have scheduled the COD for phase two in the expected year. And here you can see that we have we are the largest shareholder of this company, uh, the project company, uh, and then you can see the shares of our partners. Down here you can see the project comparison very simplified. The turbines, we have the offshore cable, and then the onshore cable, the substation, and then the connection to the high power. Just to, for your information also, the phase one was then 33, this is of course technical, but 33 KB transformed into 22.8 for the phase one. That has not been upgraded, so we are now converting it into 161, which is leading into time hours on source subsidies. Good. Here you have uh, the timeline of the projects. We made a JD agreement back in Q1-17. Initiated, initiated the tender process, commenced, uh, and we did sign contracts during 17 and 18. Internally, there was that we had a pre-FID in Q1-18, and we took an FID in Q2-18, achieving financial close by June 18. And then, uh, of course, we did some celebration. Uh, that's also important when you do uh, projects that go for a long time. We obtained the construction permit, Q3. And then uh, we had a new partner joining in uh, Q1, Q2 this year. Q2 is where we actually started the offshore installation construction. And, uh, Actually, we started installing components in May this year, and as I said in the beginning, we had the last turbine installed last week, and then we're expecting COD by end of the year. So this is more or less the timeline of the project. Before this, of course, there's a lot of development on phase one, uh, but this is kind of the timeline for the Earthstead journey on the project, and also phase two. Then just short about the contractual setup for the project. We have the project entity from Oshawa, and then we have three main contractors. Siemens Gamesa delivering uh, turbine supply, transport and installation. We have Yandanol delivering foundation and cables, manufacturing, transport and installation. And then we have Fortune Electric, who are represented here today also. Delivering the onshore substation and we operate from the phase one to phase two. We have, of course, additional contracts, smaller contracts, surveys, consultancies, etc. So these are the three main contracts. A bit about logistics uh, it's the Taiwanese projects, uh, and as it is today, there's no local supply chain built up yet. So we have used, or our contractors have used suppliers from uh, outside Taiwan, but when it comes to the onshore substation, most of the electrical components were manufactured, used and delivered uh, 
function as a contractor for the Oxford substation. We have also uh, the uh, foundations, both uh, piles, the lower part of the foundation produced in Germany. We have the TV produced in Thailand. For the turbine part, we have towers produced in Vietnam. We have the uh, blades produced in Denmark. Given itself to Germany, and then for the cable also produced in, in Europe. So it's, it's a global project. Uh, a lot of supplies come from Europe and also from from the Asian region. Then uh, a few pictures. This is uh, from the Taichung yeah. Harbor. And you can see the VTT assembly up, where you have the blades, and of course you can also just here you can see the size of uh, our components. There's a kind of large front. This is one of the plates. And you can also see the towers coming in from Vietnam, offloaded, and then later on being uh, assembled on the keystone. There's another picture of the towers coming in. The plates are now moved over here to be ready to be uh, loaded to the installation vessel. Of course, you can see one of the challenges here is this railway coming through the side. This is not optimal. Uh, everybody working with this kind of uh, infrastructure and large components don't like to see a train coming in every day. Uh, but uh, that was something Siemens Kamei Sauerkraut had to cope with and align with, with these stakeholders. Here's an overview of the uh, foundation storage facilities by Yandel, uh, where you have the monopile, which is being piled down to the seabed, and then you have the transition piece here, which is put on top of the monopile. So that's the storage area. And here you can see uh, a picture of the installation of the turbine. This is a, a jack-up vessel concept that was used for the installation of the turbines. On the foundations we have used a floating vessel. So what you have here is actually just the last part of the turbine installation. You have the, uh, the blade river still holding the blade. But what then is taken down then you have to say installed the complete turbine and then you have to do the completion, mechanical electrical completion of the turbine and then start energizing the turbine. Then a few um, lessons here. Uh, what we've seen is uh, one topic. We have had a focus on in, uh, in, in coming into Thailand as a European company, HSC. We have uh, developed, constructed, built, and operated wind farms in, in Europe now for many years. Built up a very high standard on what's the safety, and we're trying to train for that knowledge into the Thailand market. So uh, we see some areas that we need to improve on the HSE awareness, uh, not only because of uh, the view of the safety, but also because of the development of a new supply chain in Thailand, new contractors coming into the market. And here we have all the whole industry, uh, a, 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 a great job in pushing that agenda to get uh, a very high HSE just a few uh, 
moment we have also from this time. Uh, due to it's a near shore project, we saw uh, fishing boats coming by, even though it's a construction site. We would like to have patrol vessels around to keep all the uh, everybody outside. We have fishing boats coming by through the site. We have surfers coming near the site because it was a surfing area just next to the, uh, the wind farm. And as you can see the picture here, we actually had swimmers coming swimming down to our construction site. This is not anything we have seen before, but uh, I think it's about understanding what is actually a offshore construction site. This is huge vessels, uh, heavy lifts, a very, very dangerous working uh, environment. Uh, but really those are swimmers going by just to, to see what is going on. So, it's about changing the mindset of agency and get that uh, also through to all the contractors and also the local communities. We also had to cope with the new regulations coming in during the construction from OSHA, um, with all the regulations coming in, and, and that has been part of this project to cope with new regulations uh, from different authorities. And then also about uh, we have these ATC alerts which we've introduced in the project. New elements we haven't seen in Europe, like the fine flu, low beetles, measles, and heat exhaustion. That is the new elements for us and something we are quite aware of. And also for our say, foreign colleagues coming in, that they are aware of these also, so they know the symptoms, etc. So um, we have had some learnings here also from this. Another one I'd like to uh, just talk a bit about is uh, I also got some questions earlier. Today about typhoons. Typhoons have been one of the key topics for our investors in Europe looking into Taiwan and also all the region. We look very much into this and in our contracts, in our tenders, we have a request to get a very clear uh, typhoon response plan from our contractors. We have also tested these response plans, but after that, doing the construction here. A lot of learnings, how they work, how the contract acts on it. So, a lot of learnings here. I think uh, the learnings we also uh, have seen is the predictions of typhoons. We have seen uh, typhoons developing very fast. Normally, you will see them developing within six, seven days before they actually reach Taiwan. We also saw typhoon coming up very fast within two days. And having a large uh, vessel spread in place. Uh, you need to act very fast. So the change of direction, change of force uh, can have a significant impact when we do construction. From a health and safety perspective, but also from a progress perspective. So we have to give some, we see some learnings and I believe also our contractors uh, we see some learnings here. Also, when we are to do planning for future projects, how do you plan this? How do you put in buffer for your program? Uh, it's very difficult. The, the recent typhoon we just had coming through this region didn't hit Thailand. It went to Japan, but it had an impact. You can see that on the weather. So we have had a, some standby days now. Couldn't do any installation work, commission work due to the effect on the typhoon even though we didn't have the direct And of course, we should all have an interest of learning about this, so we can get the cost down so it doesn't have too big a commercial impact. 
Then um, just I think a few comments about our post construction and how we can use Formosa Ward in the uh, industry. I'm putting three different uh, initiatives in place. The first one is a dual double radar system that we are installing at the moment uh, next to Formosa One. So the whole idea of this system is to uh, create more awareness and understand the telephones better. So here, this is installed, we actually hoping to get a typhoon in. Uh, not, nothing you normally hope for, but if you get a typhoon on a direct hit, you get the most experience out of it because we have the trailer system set up. So the, the idea is to understand how the turbines react on a typhoon, uh, and also how the, the weight loss, weight effects uh, is when a typhoon is. So that is one of them. Another one is uh, we put our main sensor on our head mast in the closer side. Actually just to measure the size of the main drops because that can have a significant impact on the place and the LED, the leading edge protection, which is in the front part of the, uh, the plate, which is uh, exposed to, uh, to, uh, to rain. If there's any difference, we don't know. So this is what we're looking at. And then also, of course, the last one, uh, just to get some more knowledge, uh, operating the wind farm in, in Taiwan. So everything here is about the Formosa One project. And the whole idea is to transfer this knowledge into our future projects, the Greatest Revolver and 2A, and also 2B and 4, where we are installing into the and then, uh, yeah, I would just like to show you uh, a short movie about some of the professional activities. What you see here is uh, the foundation installation. Now it's the motor pile being installed, being hammered into the seabed. After that, you have the transition piece, the yellow part, that will go on top of it. What you see here around here is a bubble curtain, that's a noise mitigation measure for the place. For, uh, for animals and also for the walls. And here you can see it's a floating vessel with an anchor, so it's not jacked up, it's actually floating and then my anchors fixed. And this one is a jack up vessel from the turbine installation, so it is jacking up, sitting up, jacking out on four legs and then fixed on this position and then it can. You can install all the German components, the towers, the cellar, and then also the plates. So that was a very fast construction uh, sequence. That was all for, uh, for me. Uh, I'm willing to take some questions if you have any questions. First time for a lot of Taiwanese companies to be involved in this. How, how would you um, describe your experience in working with them? Because it's different for you, also from cultural perspective, communication, uh, language barrier, in, in, in operation and practice. So it would be nice if you could share a little bit of your experience. Thank you. Yes, uh, as uh, I showed you, I tried 
set of these projects is based on three major contract. One, uh, two of them are very experienced contractors uh, in this industry. We know how to work with them, and we have a very collaboration also with and also this project. Um, of course, our focus has been on when you hire local contractors, and now we have representatives also from French and and they uh, work contractors uh, into this project. But of course, we have had a lot of focus on, on communicating our expectations. It's all about aligning expectations. Uh, what kind of standard we want, the quality about, uh, about the secular ways of communication. Um, what we have done also with our contractors is, is, is to make these kind of rehearsal concepts, what we define as uh, block drills, where we go through before construction starts. Uh, a large carpet, where you actually build the whole wing front, uh, and then you start to you actually go through the whole construction of the, the, the wind farm on a carpet. Uh, and there you actually try to, to interact and get all the supplies to interact. So uh, that is another part of the done. Uh, we also have a lot of kickoff meetings uh, and follow-up meetings. Uh, and I think we have also the experience uh, that's the feedback we have received also from Fortune and uh, we have a lot of collaboration. Of course you had the, the language barrier, uh, myself also included, I don't speak language. Uh, but here we are of course depending on either our contractors or our own employees and colleagues uh, uh, to uh, support and, and also take on the future of the goals uh, for the future projects. So language of course one thing. Uh, and then the cultural aspects, uh, I think we have learned a lot about how to uh, deal with contractors, uh, deal with NGOs, uh, authorities, and, uh, and about also some of the, the same religious aspects of, of working in the Taiwanese market. So a lot of learnings, uh, but it, until now it's been uh, quite positive. We have a lot of learnings, and I also see, hopefully, uh, see that our local contractors get a lot of knowledge and learning Since this is in a very crucial uh, environment, do you have a function set up for the preventive maintenance? Yes, uh, prevention maintenance is of course part of our own setup. Um, we have, uh, of course, uh, a hot maintenance, uh, but we will normally have a different approach. You have a proactive O&M approach uh, to prevent maintenance when we have we want the, the turbines in operation. So that is part of the whole O&M setup. So we do inspections. We have uh, contracted also with our suppliers in the first part and first phase of the uh, the project lifetime uh, to do inspections and service. Uh, so uh, that is part of strategy preventive maintenance on all components, at least inspections for, for the structure. Yes. Hi, thank you for a nice presentation. I have two questions, one to ask. 
first is, um, what do you think is the main difficulty when um, developing this uh, wind energy in this industry? And the second is, like, what kind of um, factors would you consider before you choose to um, cooperate with this project in Taiwan? When we got the Taiwan challenges, I think um, this project is a demonstration project and we have used a supply team we know. We also used another local experienced contractor. But I think one of the challenges to build all this is to prove uh, the local supply team to the level we need to, to supply the right quality on time and be competitive in the market. That is one of the future challenges. And we are also in our better sunrise projects, enabling that supply chain by contracting with a lot of local contractors uh, for, for that project. So that, that is one of the, the, the key challenges uh, in the market now. And then the second question, I, I'm sorry, I didn't think you the second question. Uh, what kind of factors we consider going into Taiwan. We, uh, of course, need to have looking into the regulatory aspects uh, of, of the whole uh, of Taiwan. We have a regulatory framework that we can work in, of course, that is one factor. It's a regulatory framework that has developed, uh, and, and of course, we have been part of that, uh, so that is one factor. Then, of course, you have the whole commercial part of it also. You have a base of financing the projects, uh, so that is also one consideration. And then, of course, the technical part earthquakes, typhoons, uh, the current in the Taiwanese Strait, uh, the wind regime, etc. So, there's a lot of technical factors we have also uh, looked into. Uh, and maybe also just to mention that the fourth one is, of course, the political environment, which is also a factor we know we will look into going into the market. So I would say that is the four uh, main factors we put into, um, and of course also how fast could we build up our organizations. Uh, we have about 2,600 people in our company uh, allocated already to this business. So we came out here a few years ago, we had about 80 people in, in, the, in this region and, and growing. So, um, and with a very good mix. Of, of local style and expatriated people also in this very fun. So those four or five factors are what we Any other questions? Um, as the global world changes now, you can see, even in summertime, uh, Taiwan, the uh, winter bump production is going to be higher. And you can see, is there any pre-alarm uh, system for the warning to keep the safety, uh, you know, guarding the technicians looking on the, on the turbine? Uh, for instance, if I come up with the turbine, it's less than 10 meters per second, but you can see the turbulence is coming right up the peak, it will over 20 meters per second. So is there any uh, pre-alarm system, your uh, coordinator or dispatcher and asking the technician just step down to the ground just for uh, safety, no more working in the Nassau or something like that because 
Well, what can you strap is very challenge. It's need the mental and the physical. So uh, I think it's called development of the uh, all these manufacturers thinking about the future of all these local Taiwanese people, technicians. They have to work safe. This is a challenge for us. Well, thank you for that question. And I, and I think it's, it's a very good question. Health and safety is one of our most important uh, aspects of building. Um, you know, uh, you can't do it in a safe way, you will not do it. And that also goes for our technicians. If it's in Taiwan or Europe, same thing. We have clear procedures when we do construction, but also operation, of how we keep a safe environment for our technicians. Where it differs from Europe to here, it's maybe more the heat. Uh, we are used to also having storms in Denmark and the North Sea, so we, we have uh, the methods about this, uh, but it's more how do we make a, 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 a safe environment, working environment, in a cell on the top of here, or in the tower, if you have 40 degrees outside. That is a topic something we are focusing on. But, but, but it should also be said, how we try to maintain a turbine, coming back to preventive maintenance. What we normally do is, we do our say, yearly maintenance campaign when you have low wind. And, and that's also it's, it's a sleep factor. Of course, we don't want to stop the turbines, but there's high wind and high production. We want to do it when there's no wind or low wind. And then you also take into account the health and safety aspects of our technicians. So um, there's a lot of procedures in place, and we are also translating all these procedures. So if you're working as a technician in Taiwan for Ørsted, it's the same as working as a technician for Ørsted in Denmark. Any questions? If you have any questions, either in Chinese or in English, will be fine. Then we are having reached, we will reach our conclusion for this sharing. Thank you everyone for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you Olaf Lange for the great presentation. I enjoyed listening and watching a lot. I, I, yeah. And uh, I admire him for his very diplomatic expression because uh, yeah, I heard a lot of stories what actually happened and oh, yeah, very diplomatic. I'm very deeply impressed about his dip diplomatic skills and of course his uh, technical st skills as an installation manager. Yeah, quite capable person. Uh, yeah, have deep respect for him. Uh, yeah. Austria is lucky to have him. All right. Um, and I got some complaints with my podcast shows might be a little bit too long. So this time I want to shortcut a little bit. So thank you for listening. Um, I will try to pause, uh, publish more podcast shows more frequently. And yeah.
since uh, I decided not to fear the consequences of telling the truth. So I simply will go ahead. Thanks for listening and have a good time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Formosan Business Support Podcast Show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a comment or review. Until next time.